0: The Joyce Kaufman podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. They were there. That's the truth. And they continue to stand on that wall and protect the American people and to protect people from all over the world, which is truly amazing to me how you would have, a military that has the heart, just doesn't have the leadership, ugh. Um, Saw an interview, the President of the United States was in Tampa yesterday, and of course, he had to go back to this Social Security, Medicare nonsense, that's not true, and um, his public response to the Chinese surveillance balloon, it's really mind-bogglingly mild. That's all I can say. During an interview with Telemundo's Julio Vaquero, the president was asked if he regretted not shooting down the balloon sooner. No, I think the experts, the intelligence community, defense community, they've forgotten more about it than you or I know. I said I wanted it shot down as soon as possible. He went on, they were worried about the damage it could be done, even in a big state like Montana. This thing was gigantic. What would happen if it came down and hit a school in a rural area? What would happen if it came down? The interview then drew a baffling response from Biden when Vaquero asked, and wasn't it a major security breach for the United States, just the fact that the balloon came into the airspace? Look, the total amount of intelligence gathering that's going on by every country around the world is overwhelming, Biden responded. He added, the idea that a balloon could traverse, break American airspace, anyway, it's not a major breach. I mean, look, it's totally a violation of international law. It's our airspace. And when it comes, once it comes in our airspace, we can do what we want. So does anybody besides me find him almost incomprehensible? when he talks. The idea that the president of the United States would dismiss a country flying a massive balloon, which reportedly weighed thousands of pounds and potentially carried explosives for self-detonation over the continental United States is not a major breach. That I find that baffling. I mean, it certainly helps that the balloon floated over the country without incident until it reached the Atlantic Ocean. But consider this, what would have happened if something went wrong with the balloon and it came down, crashing down from 60,000 feet over a major American town? I mean, presumably the Chinese officials had confidence that that wouldn't happen before they launched it, but accidents happen. Would uh, Joe Biden's response have been the same? If his comment is an attempt to prevent the balloon from uh, spiraling into a massive incident and further straining our relationships with uh, Xi Jinping and China, that's understandable. But it's still kind of important to ponder how China would have responded if they caught the U.S. flying a balloon near their mainland military installations. There's a lot of room for Joe Biden to condemn the incident in stronger terms without it spiraling uh you know i i just he's just horrible just horrible and i guess that uh that's just the way uh it's going to be for another year and a half and there's much much less we can do about it than i than i wish really um the late late show Will end its three decades run on CBS after the network decided to just, uh, you know, not, not uh, give this guy another contract. Now think about this: The Late Late Show debuted in January of 1995 and was hosted by Tom Snyder. Remember the NBC late night guy tomorrow? Craig Kilbourne, the original host of Comedy Central's The Daily Show, took over in 1999. He did five years. Scottish comedian Craig Ferguson hosted from 2004 until Corden took the reins in 2015. Uh, I read on Deadline that the show will likely be replaced by a Stephen Colbert-produced revival of the old Comedy Central panel show Midnight the show which was hosted by Chris Hardwick was canceled by the network after four years. And Hardwick's not coming back. I just, you know, I I, I look at these late night shows and these late night uh, so-called comics and they make me cringe, they really do. I, um, I watched a rerun, whatever they call it, a, a golden oldie of... Johnny Carson last night, my husband had it on when I walked into the house and it was a rerun where Johnny Carson had Don Rickles as a guest and I have no idea when it came about but it had to be towards the end of Johnny's run because Don Rickles kept teasing him about Jay Leno who he said, would, you know, still had the motor running, was in the parking lot, you know, intimating that... Because back in those days, Jay Leno was like the main fill-in host when Johnny would go on vacation or get sick or whatever. So um, Rickles was kind of teasing him about that and teasing him about a lot of stuff that I had really not thought, uh, I don't remember from the old days, like the fact that uh, Mr. Carson had a serious drinking problem and everybody knew it. That was uh, obvious in in this performance. But I'm listening to the show, and not only is Don Rickles as politically incorrect as a human being could possibly ever have been, insulted everyone over their race, their religion, their height, their weight, everything. Um, oh, how many times Johnny was married, Ed McMahon sitting forward, his wife spending money. I, I mean, it was like, no holds barred. You couldn't get away with any of it today. And we've lost our sense of humor because I was laughing, belly laughing out loud. All three of them had me laughing. Even Ed McMahon had me laughing. But any of those comments that they were making that had me guffawing, laughing, wouldn't survive in this environment. You know, there are people who are actually freaked out, upset that uh, The Closer, which was the uh, comedy show that won a Grammy the other night, that that they allowed Dave Chappelle to get a Grammy, like you know, come on, guys, humor is supposed to be about things that are kind of controversial. Humor is not funny if you're trying to, you know, what what what's funnier, a joke about some stereotype, or a joke about kittens and 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 balls of yarn? I mean, golly, when did we get so easily bruised and so? Um, lacking humor, and being insulted by everything. Everything is reason to jump up and down and carry on. It's really, it's just, it's patently unfortunate. It really is. I, I'm so sad that we have become a nation of crybabies and losers. And that's why I say on a day like today when I like to honor the military, they're the only ones left who are not cry baby, babies and losers. You know, everybody else, you know, can't handle anything. God forbid you insult them or, you know, in the old days, the only time you would get into a physical confrontation over some joking, you know, we called, uh, you know, the, the sixes, the nines, we had all these insult games that we played with one another. And as long as you didn't mention somebody's mother, you were good to go. Anything was fair game. Ugly and you wear army boots was fine. Just don't say my mother wears army boots. That was crossing the line. Now, don't even talk about army boots because you may not be a supporter of the military or something. I don't know. It's crazy. Meanwhile, I had uh, discussed the other day, and I think um, I really planned on doing more of it in in a no restraint podcast. But I I had discussed how there was finally a whistleblower who worked at one of these gender affirming uh, clinics who happens to be, and I pointed this out to the audience, she herself is a, um, I forgot how she described herself, but she's married to a trans man, and she's, uh, you know, non-binary, I don't know, she's one of these uh, assortments of people that now have to have a, you know, a proclaimed identity, and She said, I worked there for four years and I thought I was helping people, but I think I was doing terrible things and what we're doing to our children is literally should be criminal. How long have I been saying that? How long has Abigail Schreier been saying that? You know, this is not news to those of us who allow ourselves to think, right? There's nothing bigoted about saying, hmm, maybe you would want to reconsider lopping off body parts of young children just because they say they want to be the other gender. You know, that, that, that's that's where we're at. It's it's scary. But again, you know, we can't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Everybody keep the low profile. We must have a really low profile about all this because otherwise we'll be called bigots and racists and... Uh, what is it, a, a, a transphobe? Like, like, really? Really, are you, are you all going to shut up because of that nonsense? I never did, but I hope you won't either because it's really um, it's important to stand up for children. That's why I'm so pro-life because they can't stand up for themselves, right? So that means I need to stand up for them You need to stand up for them and not be intimidated. You know, if only I had stood up to Fauci and his RNA vaccines that don't work, maybe some people would still be alive. Maybe some people would never be sick. But we were all intimidated, called anti science and climate deniers and all this nonsense. And we've lost our sense of humor completely. It's gone. That skit that I saw, that that exchange between Johnny Carson, Don Rickles, and uh, and Ed McMahon last night would last five minutes with the censors that we have today. That had just been shut down. So you ought to check out the Free Press. That's where Barry Weiss has her. That's the name of Barry Weiss's Substack um, publication, and it's phenomenal. And and this was. The, the way the woman described herself, I finally pulled it up. She said, I'm a 42-year-old St. Louis native, a queer woman, politically to the left of Bernie Sanders. Okay? And she says, we are doing something terrible to young people. She had to leave this clinic. She knows that she's gonna be raked across the coals for what she's doing, but she said there are no formal protocols for treatment, the center's physicians and co directors are the only people who can say yay or nay. And the patient population was tipped toward what used to be the traditional instance of a child with gender dysphoria, which used to be a boy, quite often young, who wanted to present as a girl. And then all of a sudden, it was all these teenage girls who wanted to present as boys and demanded immediate treatment with testosterone and came in clusters. And we gave in to that, she said. It was awful awful. And it remains awful. But we're going to keep sounding the alarm. I don't care. Thank goodness we're starting to get some, uh, you know, detransitioners speak up. We're getting these uh, clinicians and therapists and, and nurses and doctors starting to say, like, hey, I think this is a mistake. All these young people are coming to us. They have a lot of comorbidities, depression, anxiety, ADHD, eating disorders, obesity. Half of them are on the uh, the, the spectrum for autism, come on, guys. When did we just roll over and play dead to a nine-year-old who wishes to be a cowboy or a pirate instead of a princess? Lord have mercy on us. I, I hope we're forgiven for all that we've done because it's pretty pretty serious. Anyway, um, I do want to talk about some other things. Uh, I got a list, interestingly enough, of American companies that literally... Uh, we should not be doing business with. I don't call for boycotts, but these are companies that used to be based in America and now they're based in other countries, only they still pretend they're based in America. And that's what bothers me. You know, it does. if it doesn't belong to Uncle Sam, then it ain't an American company. I don't care how long you've been using Hellman's mayonnaise, okay? It ain't an American company. Neither is Ben and Jerry's. That's right. These are owned by uh, Ben & Jerry's by Unilever, which is in Great Britain. Even Burger King, who used to be here in Miami. And by the way, one of my favorite stories about my friend Skipper Chuck, Chuck Zink, was you know, he had McDonald's as a sponsor for the Skipper Chuck show until they told him he couldn't have little black kids on the show with little white kids. And then he said, oh, really? And he walked down the block to where there was a brand new guy starting a franchise, restaurant brand, uh, called Burger King. Now Burger King is owned in uh, by a company in Canada. What, so much for any pretension at American ingenuity and ex- ex- excellence. It's It's gone. Anyway, um, don't forget to download the app, the 850 app. Don't forget to visit the website, 850WFTL, so you can participate in all these cool contests, win tickets, win gift certificates, and uh, even get uh, maybe win tickets to the Rib Roundup, which is like a very big event. you just go to the website 850wftl.com I'm going to take a quick break I'll be right back Yes Hi everybody This is Adriana Trajani I'm the host of You Are What You Read I have the privilege Of interviewing luminaries Of our times About the books That shaped them From childhood until now We get everybody From Sarah Jessica Parker To Kristen Hanna Mitch Album, Susie Essman Craig Ferguson Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come. They share new episodes of *You Are What You Read* drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, so you got uh, all these companies that you think are American companies, like uh, that aren't okay, or they're no longer headquartered in America. The uh, uh, Sunglass Hut. They belong to Luxitica Group in Italy. Trader Joe's, which, by the way, is not just the only one that's owned by Aldi Nord, so Aldi's, a huge supermarket chain that everybody seems to be shopping at these days. I remember the first Aldi's that I ever went to was on Sample Road, it's still there, and I, I thought, oh, I discovered this great like supermarket chain. It doesn't it's not like other supermarkets. It doesn't have a lot of stuff, but it has some great values and blah blah blah. And uh, now that same company that owns Aldi, which is in Germany, owns Trader Joe's. Joe sold it in nineteen seventy nine. You look at, how about a company like American Apparel? Now, wouldn't your assumption be that something called American Apparel would be an American company? Well, you would be wrong. They sold out to Gildon Activewear. I was wondering why there was so much Gildon socks and underwear everywhere, because American Apparel lived on to fight another day, only now it's Canadian. 7-Eleven. Who do you think owned 7-Eleven? Used to be Dallas, Texas was their headquarters. Now uh Japan. Yeah. Uh it's just it's it's amazing, you know. This was a company that started by one guy with a dream. Uh Jefferson Green was just an average guy working for Southland Ice in 1927 when he started to expand his range and he started getting cu- customers eggs and bread and milk and then the business model proved really popular and he changed the name to Seven Eleven because that's how long they were open from 7 in the morning till 11 at night. Now they're like 24 hours a day. Uh, in 1987, they got crushed by the financial crisis and Ito Yokado bought it. So now it's part of its parent company, Seven and I Holdings. Popsicle used to be out of, uh, Popsicles used to be out of Oakland, California. Now it's Unilever in England. Hellman's, Unilever in England. Dirt Devil, used to be out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Now it's in China. Smithfield, now come on. It was named after the town it was, uh, you know, began in Smithfield, Virginia. Now it belongs to the WH Group in Hong Kong. And that's all the pork items. And definitely one of the biggest, uh, when it comes to pork-based products, it's the biggest, I think. Ironman came out of Tampa Bay, Florida. The Ironman competition was actually part of the Hawaii Triathlon Corporation, now it's owned in China. Yep, 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 yep. The Chinese corporation that bought Iron Man for $650 million is called Delian Wanda Group. How about Forbes? Like, we all know Steve Forbes, right, and Forbes Magazine and all that jazz. Yeah, not, not, not owned by Forbes. No, not. it's owned by Whale Media in China. General Motives, Shanghai Automotive Industry, General Electric, Hire in China, or Hire, I don't know how you pronounce that. Even Good Humor, the Good Humor truck, Unilever in England, Holiday Inn, used to be out of Memphis, Tennessee, intercontinental, now out of England. Purina comes out of Japan. You're giving your cat a pet food that comes out of uh, a company that's headquartered in Japan. You didn't know that. You didn't know that Firestone was purchased by Bridgestone, which resides in Japan. Your tires, your veritable tires. Your Gerber baby food uh, belongs to uh, Nestle in Switzerland. And Citgo, which used to be headquartered in Houston, Texas, is now owned by Petroleos de Venezuela, which last time I checked is probably a government that is communist. I don't don't want to confuse you. China owns the Waldorf Astoria. China owns Motorola. China owns IBM. That's Lenovo, actually, uh, that purchased IBM. It's just the list goes on and on. Legendary Entertainment Group out of Burbank? No, it's out of China now. (laughs) Hoover out of uh, Ohio? No it's out of China now. Frigidaire, Sweden. <laughs> Strategic Hotels and Resorts, China. Alka-Seltzer is owned by Germany. Bayer is a German company. The Chrysler Building is owned by an Austrian company, the Cigna Group. Spotify, China. I don't use that. Tesla, Well, so much for it being a Palo Alto company. He might be the brains behind today, Elon Musk, and the majority shareholder, but he isn't the only one pumping money into the automotive company. There are plenty of shareholders, including Tencent Holdings Limited. Tencent isn't just into music, but it's into a lot of things, and it's located in China. Just saying. Snapchat, also Tencent in China. Uh... Ingram Micro, I don't know what that is. Fidelity and Guarantee Life, China. Universal Music Group, France and China. I don't know, the list is endless. I can't, I can't get to the bottom of it. John Hancock Life Insurance. John Hancock, like what does the name John Hancock mean to you? It's like one of the founding fathers, one of the signators, right? And so when you think of John Hancock, do you think of a company based in Canada? No, me neither. Or Sotheby's in China. It's just brutal. This list is brutal. They own everything. They own us. They own us. And of course, now China is buying up all these dairy farms. They're owning dairy farms like uh, the Dairy Farmers of America that used to be out of Kansas City is now out of Inner Mongolia. Just saying. Just, just saying. The Cleveland Cavaliers are owned by China. Well, that would explain uh, you know, some of LeBron's uh, comments. I give up. I, I, I can't. Oakley Sunglasses. The list is endless. Baby Trend, Inc. University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. Starplex Cinemas. California Grapes are owned by China Food Services. Fisher-Price. Mattel is uh, uh, owned by China. Hush puppies. I don't know what. Oh, the shoes. I didn't even know they still existed. Gillette, Poland, Brazil, Mexico, China. Anywhere Procter Gamble is, except Boston. <laughs> even Barbie, Mattel is owned by China. Anyway, i have just. It's enough. I know I depressed you very much, but that's 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 what happens when you decide you're a global world and you don't have anything to be proud of anymore because everything that you used to uh, be well known for, or even famous or infamous for, now belongs to another country. Even Levi's. I mean, give me a break. All right, let me take a break. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. Wow. Uh, You know, sometimes I, I have to double check and triple check and quadruple check because I find some of these stories are just they're scaring me, you know, and I don't want to believe that that they could possibly be true. So I just keep test texting, you know, and 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 asking questions and going to different websites because I'm convinced that there's no way that we could have, you know, literally allowed ourselves to fall into this this horrible situation that we find ourselves in over and over again. You know, it's just amazing to me. So now I got got a a message from the Senator Rick Scott's office that apparently Mitch McConnell uh, wasn't pleased that he challenged him for the minority leadership. You remember our our junior Senator Rick Scott had uh, challenged Mitch McConnell for the leadership position, and Mitch has now booted him off uh, (laughs) committees as a payback. These people are so petty in Washington. They're just, they're just, is this a game to them? Do they not understand that like some of us are back here in the various states in Rick's uh, specific case. We're back here in Florida and we don't appreciate being pawns in this political nonsense that goes on here. We really don't. If he cared, I'd uh, tell him. I'd I'd answer this, but but I don't believe politicians care anymore. They really don't, <laughs> and and that's the problem. I saw another story over the last uh, forty eight hours that was pretty shocking to me, and it was about a uh, a prosecutor down here named Jane Anderson down in the Miami Dade County courts. And she was, uh, she gave an interview saying that the feds have a ton on Jeffrey Epstein and therefore Ghislaine Maxwell and all the rest of it. And frankly, she doesn't understand why there haven't been a lot more arrests made. Why is it that the American people don't get to see a list of the creeps that Epstein was serving. You know, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell had the little black book that had the names of a lot of powerful and influential people in it. And unless it's, you know, Donald Trump, they don't want to talk about it. And by the way, Donald Trump's name is in that black book. So's uh, Bill Gates, so's Bill Clinton, a lot of names that we are very suspicious are in that black book, or know that are in that black book. But there's also the the people that were involved in this sex trafficking network, and they're not in jail. The only one in jail is Ghislaine Maxwell, actually. And 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 I love when the, you ask the question. And they say, oh, well, it's very complicated. These are complex cases and uh, they involve international networks of people and evidence. It's very hard to come by this evidence. And the chief legal counsel at the National Center on Sexual Exploitation says it's not atypical for a human trafficking case to take several years to investigate and prosecute. Okay, but if, if it Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, Prince Andrew of the UK, Donald Trump, you know, it, it, why don't they have to be tested? Why don't they testify? Kevin Spacey? You know, these people, there was a pilot, one of uh, Epstein's pilot or, or Ghislaine's pilot that said he saw Clinton and Kevin Spacey, you know, not only on the plane, but on the island. They have all the evidence they need to go after these buddies, but they're not going to do it. They're dragging their feet. Why? I don't know, but it's unacceptable. It's time for the U.S. government to take a stand against pedophilia and corruption and put an end to this system of exploitation and abuse. These, the victims deserve justice and the perpetrators of these crimes should be held accountable. Just because people are powerful and influential figures doesn't mean they get to escape justice. Isn't that what Nancy Pelosi always said? I don't care who you are, we're gonna go after you. We ought to be fighting for the victims. We ought to make sure that justice is served. You know, the U.S. government needs to do more to protect the vulnerable and put an end to the exploitation of children and young adults. And, you know, if you want primary sources of evidence, there's plenty digital evidence, financial information. Where'd this Epstein guy get all the money? Where'd he get all the contacts? You know, all this stuff has been sealed. It's under, uh, you know, court orders. And now I understand the law is not being applied evenly in so many instances. Now I understand the January 6th committee put all of the evidence that they have and that they've gathered under lock and key for 50 years. Excuse me? What? How does a congressional committee get to uh, make it impossible for the American public to see the information that they've gathered. Meanwhile, they they literally dragged entire uh, you know administration through the mud. They're still subpoenaing people now. They subpoenaed Mike Pence, the v- former vice president, but the, but the, but you can't look at any of the evidence they have. Not for fifty years. What is this? The Warren Commission? Now the FBI just searched. Pence's house. He was subpoenaed by Trump's special counsel. And they sent the FBI over there. Like Mike Pence is this big dangerous guy. It's really, it's really a, a scary, scary, scary time. Not just in America, but all over the world. You know, I'm looking at, uh, you know, the the uh, Pentagon that has all these top secret programs and don't seem willing to share information because they don't like the, the leadership in the House now. So they're telling Congress that you need to fund a pair of top secret programs in the Ukraine that were suspended just before Russia invaded last year. So if they approve this, if Congress approves this, it would allow special ops troops to employ ukrainian operatives to observe russian military movements and counter disinformation is this all starting to you know sound really troubling to you defense officials are preparing a proposal for lawmakers consideration in the coming months when work begins on next year's Pentagon policy and funding bill. If successful, these programs could resume as soon as 2024, though it remains unclear if the Biden administration would allow U.S. commandos back into the Ukraine to oversee them or if the military would seek to do that from a neighboring country. No American personnel have been known to operate there since the war began, except for I think there were um, a couple that were tasked to the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. Kiev, I gotta stop allowing them to change everything. It was Kiev for sixty years of my life, and then all of a sudden it was Kyiv, or Kyiv, or whatever they call it. Congressional official, and I had Ukrainian friends. They called it Kiev. Congressional officials said it is difficult to predict the outcome, particularly with the Republicans split over the vast sums being spent on Ukraine. Others argue that the program's relatively small expenses, something like $15 million a year, eh, small expense, for such activities worldwide is a bargain compared with the tens of billions of dollars being committed to train and arm Ukrainian forces and replenish U.S. stockpiles. It's a never-ending, it's a self-licking ice cream cone. That's what the military-industrial complex is. That's what it is. It just never ends. They just uh, reallocate money. uh, They rescind it, and then they reallocate it, and then they rescind it, and then they reallocate it because they can convince the American people with the aid of a very, very uh, bigoted and biased media that would support anything the Democratic National Committee said to support. They just keep uh, refunding things that the American people don't even know exist. Ukraine's rocket campaign reliant on U.S. precision targeting, officials say. Okay. So in other words, we have to accelerate and expand the amount of military assistance. We, we've poured billions of dollars into the Ukraine. Billions. And, and now it wasn't enough. They need more money and they need some kind of troops somewhere either adjacent or in the country this is awful. This is truly awful. Spokespersons for the Senate and House Armed Services Committees declined to comment, citing the program's classified status. The White House declined to comment. The Pentagon declined to comment because of the program's classification. Surrogate operations like those used in the Ukraine, are called 1202 programs, named for Section 1202 of the 2018 NDAA, the law that approves their use and funding. The provision specifies that such programs cannot be used during a traditional armed conflict, prompting their suspension last year when Russia's own military efforts in the Ukraine evolved from backing pro-Russian separatists to a full-scale invasion. You didn't know that. I do this for a living, and I didn't know that. What started as a as a as a reconnaissance mission can quickly turn into combat when you start shooting at the surrogates. There's a real possibility of that in Ukraine, and I don't know how the department, how the Pentagon, is going to change people in Congress's minds about that. But try they will. Try they will. Anyway, um. Okay, I depressed you enough with that. Let me take a break and then I will uh, I will come back and I will try to end this on a lighter note. I usually end with Derek, you know, and that's a much lighter note, but uh, I, I'm gonna, I'll find something. <laughs> I promise I'll find something. In the meantime, don't forget, Dan Bajino's coming up at one o'clock, Ben Shapiro at four o'clock, the WPTV News, and then we're in the weekend. Hallelujah. I don't know about the rest of you, but I need the weekend. So uh, le- stay right where you are, because I'm going to come back and finish today's show. All right, here, I got some good news for you. Death rates have now fallen far below normal. The bad news, that was the good news. The bad news is it's only in Bulgaria. <laughs> Bulgaria is good at counting its dead. the country's National Statistical Institute compiles death figures weekly and releases them in English once a month. And they tell a story that the mRNA jab advocates probably don't want to hear. Bulgaria has a very low COVID vaccination rate, likely because generations of communists uh, left Bulgarians deeply suspicious of government promises of miracle cures. And COVID hit Bulgaria hard, from late 2020 through early 2022, the epidemic tore through unhealthy middle-income Eastern European cities, counties, and Bulgaria has high rates of smoking, obesity, and cardiovascular disease that are off the charts. Uh, so its COVID death rate was more than double that of Western European countries like Spain, and its overall mortality rate still higher, but now the epidemic is over and deaths in Bulgaria are plunging. Not just to normal, but like well below it. That's a good, that's a bit of good news. Oh, I'll talk about the Super Bowl. Do you know that Brianna has, uh, Bri- Brianna, Rihanna has literally changed the set that she's going to be doing at the Super Bowl, according to one headline that I saw, I think it was in Variety, 29 times. Oh, no, 30, we're up to 39. Rihanna says, Super Bowl set list changed 39 times, teases weird new music. It might not ev- ever make sense to my fans. Um, this is her return to the live music stage for the first time in nearly seven years. I didn't realize that. It feels like, "'Playing the Super Bowl could have only been now,' she said during an Apple Music press conference ahead of the big show. "'When I first got the call to do it again this year, "'I was like, are you sure? "'I'm three months postpartum. "'Should I be making major decisions like this right now? "'I might regret this,' Rihanna said. "'When you become a mom, there's something that happens "'where you feel like you can take on the world "'and can do anything.'" The Super Bowl is one of the biggest stages in the world. As scary as it was, because I haven't been on stage in seven years, there's something exhilarating about the challenge of it all. It's important for me to do this year. It's important for my son to see that. Her son is three months old. Like, Is he going to be watching? (laughs) The show is going to run 13 minutes. But Rihanna has a career that spans eight albums and 17 years. Cramming all that material into 13 minutes has been difficult, she said. Some songs we have to lose because of that, and they're going to be okay. And that's going to be okay, she said. We did a pretty good job at narrowing it down. There's probably been about 39 versions of the set list right now. We're on our 39th. Every little change counts. Rihanna said her Caribbean culture will certainly be a huge part of the halftime performance, adding, that's a big part of why it's important for me to do this show, representing for my country, Barbados, representing for black women everywhere. That's really important. Okay, so I guess maybe it's a whole new era for Rihanna. She hasn't put out an album since like 2016. And she had, I think, one one s- song since then, the 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 the, show, the from Wakanda, uh, from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, right? She did the song "Lift Me Up," which I think is Oscar nominated for this year. Musically, I'm feeling open, Rihanna teased about new music. I'm feeling open to exploring, discovering, creating things that are new, things that are different, things that are off and weird, might not ever make sense to my fans. I want to have fun with music. I know I said this yesterday and I got a bunch of negative comments about it. I like Rihanna. I, I just, I, I like her music and I like her kind of counterculture without being like uh, disgusting. She's, she's not one of the disgusting ones. Like, I don't, I don't like the Cardi B's. I'm not really, I don't care for Beyonce anymore either. I mean, Cuffhead has the F word in it a dozen times. You know, why? What's the point? You know, do you kiss your children with that mouth? But anyway, Uh, let's see. Rihanna's a mom now. Let's see if it, it's more challenging for her. You don't want to just be, you know, the super sex goddess, kitten sex kitten is that the right ex- expression um but you know she is she has be, always been edgy so i'm looking forward to the halftime show and i have i won't watch it live i'll have uh i, I actually won't even be home my husband will be here with um, our grandson and and daughter they'll be watching it but i have something i have to go to <laughs> and i don't care i don't really care about the super bowl at all although go eagles only because Derek said Chiefs. So if Derek's going to root for the Chiefs, I have to root for the Eagles or else it's not fun. You know, we bet giant bags of gummies on Super Bowl, World Series, and the NBA championship game. That's what we do. Like, do you ever see those bags that sell the big giant gummies? Yeah, that's that's what we bet every time. So I, I had to take the Eagles. So I like Patrick Mahomes anyway, so uh, it wasn't a, wasn't hard for me to do. So I wish you all a wonderful Super Bowl weekend, a great Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Be mindful that there'll be a lot of people leaving bars and leaving people's parties that have had uh, something to drink. Uh, So if you can stay off the road, stay off the road. Meanwhile, I'm going to be on the road, but hopefully not until uh, I'll be on the road before the Super Bowl ends. But if you're not, Careful, exercise caution and don't eat too many uh, snack foods and all the rest of it. But if you're going to get wings, get them from Wings Plus. Those are my favorite guys and those are the best wings. And uh, my husband is right now, as we speak, making sure that he has his four different flavors of wings from Wings Plus uh, to to eat on. <laughs> Him and two other people are going to eat a platter of wings. And trust me, they will eat a platter of wings, french fries, celery sticks, and blue cheese dressing, because it's a veritable uh, Super Bowl tradition. Even when there was nobody here but him and me, he still had to get the uh, wings and all the rest of it, and I'm sure that's true of many people. But be safe, everybody. No fireworks, no shooting guns, no getting mad, because your team didn't win, just just try and, do, try and enjoy it, that's all, and try to be with people that you love. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here Monday at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us, those are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. And, and by being yourself, you know, that means standing up for the things you believe in and Trust me, I got some stuff coming up next week that's gonna challenge your beliefs. Uh, may God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. Uh, my plan again is to see you all on Monday. Be safe, love you.